Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Tuesday morning, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Knicks win in Minnesota, a bunch of threes. An aberration for the Knicks. That will not happen moving forward. Nets lose a heartbreaker in Dallas. Kevin Durant had a chance to tie the game with three free throws in the final seconds. Missed the second free throw, and the Nets then had to, you know, he had to miss the third on purpose. They weren't able to rebound the basketball. Oh, actually, they did. They weren't able to get a shot off, though in the final seconds, and Durant, before he missed that free throw, had made 62 straight. Oh, KD, you choked it away. Anyway, we've been doing uh, a bunch of Knicks talk on this Tuesday morning. Jets coming off a huge win of the Bills. Still get into that. Zach Wilson, a solid performance, but really it was the Jets and their cornerbacks. Reed, Sauce Gardner, really the defense overall, the ability to run the football, a tremendous win for the Jets, their best in years. And it legitimizes what this team has done this year. Now they got to keep it going, going into a bye week and then coming out. Think about this. No matter what, this year, the Jets have already given us big games. We've already had fun watching some pretty big games with these Jets. And, you know, that first Patriots game, all right, loss, fine. The Bills, great win. Going into the bye, and now we're going to get another huge game. I mean, those are three huge marquee matchups, must-watch matchups. Every NFL game is must-watch, but you know what I mean. Three big games for the Jets in a row here. Versus Pats, versus Bills, at Pats. And obviously, the better the record is, the more important every game is. But these ones specifically within the division. And the Giants will have a fun one coming up in a couple of weeks on Thanksgiving. I, I just I, I know we say the same thing all the time. Oh, it goes so fast. It's still just hard to wrap my head around the idea, especially when it's 70 freaking degrees out. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a T-shirt today. I haven't worn a T-shirt since August, and I'm wearing a T-shirt today to work. That's Or yesterday, I should say. That's how warm it was yesterday. doesn't feel like Thanksgiving is in a couple of weeks. Anyway, back to your calls. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Franklin is calling from Kingston. What's up, Franklin? Hey, Sal. Thanks for taking my call. Talking about the Mets, I'll still a little bit. Do um, you have any preferences for the new uh, free agents? A couple of, I have a couple in my mind. Anything that you think is best? Who? What are you talking about? Do, you, do I have any that I want the Mets to sign? Yes. 
I mean, where do we begin? I mean, you're like, talking about with Contreras, their with their own or well, I don't want Wilson Contreras. No, um, if you if they're gonna go catching, I'd rather go better defensive catcher than offensive catcher. So I would not. And plus, remember, you're not gonna spend a lot on catching. At least I wouldn't, because Francisco Alvarez, in all likelihood, is gonna be splitting time. I would think between DH and catching next year. So, okay. but I, I'm I'm high end guy. I'm looking at Trey Turner, Carlos Correa. You know, Aaron Judge, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> okay. but that's... Right. Well, I yeah. mean, you if put it this way, and this is what bothers me, if Aaron Judge were not a Yankee, the Mets would be in on him, potentially in on him. I don't want to say yeah. they'd definitely get him, but if he were not a Yankee or coming from the Yankees, they'd potentially be in on him. But out of respect for being in New York and the owners having a good relationship, the Mets aren't going to go that way and try to steal one of the Yankees' players unless they were 100% out on him. And I find that odd because the Mets need power. They have money. Nobody is better that can produce power that's available than Aaron Judge. So, I mean, I, I don't know. But those would be, if not Judge, I'd look to Trey Turner. I'd look to Carlos Correa. Uh, Carlos Correa. There's a, a bunch of other guys. But I all do. I think it all starts with what are they going to do with DeGrom? Who's on your list, Franklin? Yeah, that's good. I just, uh, the shorts are very high on the MLB list for some reason. Like Carl Dansby and Correa, like you said, Trey Turner. I agree with you. Like, well, we're gonna have to move somebody, right? Like McNeil. Um, I'm assuming Lindor is gonna stay at short, right? So if we get Trey Turner, yeah. we're gonna get somebody to move to second. Well, but, Turner. Uh, if they got Turner, and by the way, I don't think it's likely, but if they got Turner, it would be for second base or for center field potentially, depending on what Turner would be okay with. Now, remember, you could. Lose Brandon Nimmo, have Trey Turner, and have Turner play center. You can also have Marte play center and have McNeil play right and move Turner to second. So there are ways to work it if they lose Brandon Nimmo. And if you're asking me, would I rather have Brandon Nimmo or Trey Turner? The answer is Trey Turner. I know he's going to cost a lot more. Yeah, he's a lot better. There's a reason why he's going to cost a lot more. He's a lot better. Yes, I agree with those. Yeah, I think we just a couple of bad shorts, but I think uh, the, the the way the season ended was very strange. One hitter, you know, uh, but hopefully it'll be better next time. But thanks oh, for the, the big, but the big, you know, thank you, Franklin. I appreciate checking. And the big thing is going to be what they do with Degrom. No, same thing with the Yankees. They're really the other guys right now. I mean, we could talk about the other guys and other possibilities, and they're going to be important eventually. But right now. The focal point for both the Mets and the Yankees has to be their two big guys. What's going to happen with DeGrom? You can't just say, oh, yeah, well, all right, we'll wait on DeGrom and wait him out, and then all of a sudden give a $200 million contract out or whatever it may be. Those are things that you want to, you need to know before you lay out the rest of your plans. It's basically, all right, plan A is to bring back DeGrom and then go with the lesser free agents that are available to fill out the roster. Or plan B, no DeGrom, then we maybe look at Trey Turner or something. Same with the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees' entire offseason, their future hinges on what Aaron Judge does. It's even more significant because you're talking about, you know, DeGrom's not getting a seven- or eight-year deal. The Yankees' entire future depends on what happens with Aaron Judge. 
And we still don't know what type of restrictions there's going to be within the budget for the Yankees. Assuming that they can bring Judge back, well, then what? How are they upgrading the team? Tommy's calling from Long Island. What's up, Tommy? Good morning, Kyle. How's it going? Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So a couple of couple of comments and a couple of questions really quick. So uh, starting out with the Jets, great game, great weekend, big win. Um, my question is to you, you know how we always talk about, you know, an easy schedule and, you know, this team is harder. Do you think there's other teams that are saying now when they talk about their schedule, well, we have a tough one against the Jets. Like, we would say, all right, well, we got a tough one against the Bills. We got a tough mm-hmm. one against Seattle. Are they talking about the Jets now saying, well, you know what? We got a tough one coming up against the Jets. Like, I think with think their that, defense. That conversation's happening? Yeah. I think with their defense, teams are now on notice that right. the Jets are for real. You can't shut down the Bills the way that they did and not get right. noticed around the league. I mean, that is to keep Josh Allen from throwing a touchdown pass. And by the way, Josh Allen had to have that arm looked at, that elbow looked at, where they're worried about a UCL potential issue. But the way that right. they got to Josh Allen, the way that they covered, I mean, you look at what Reed did and Sauce Gardner, and to me, Reed was the you know, unknown star because everybody talks about Sauce. Right. I get it. But DJ Reed on the other side has just been, he's been as good and made as big a play as Sauce Gardner did in that game down the sideline with Stephon Diggs breaking up what could be what could have been a touchdown. But yeah, point is, yes, I do think teams now look at the Jets and say, you know, we look at this defense, it's going to be a challenge for us. Right. I, now, did you think that was a penalty at the end there? No. The pass interference no. on Sauce Gardner at the end? Yeah. No. That, or that people were saying should have been a pass interference on the final right. play? I mean, I didn't, I didn't think so. I, I, I think he kept his hands off enough where... They didn't make the call, and I, and I can't because I know you can't call that. You can't yeah. call that. I don't care. But I agree. You, you, you got to let them play a little bit. You're going to call that and ruin the entire game. Give me a break. That would have really. I, absolutely, I, I agree with you. And, I, and, and um, my other question is, uh, just back. Like I didn't really hear what was going on with the Grom. Now, do you know does the does the Grom want to stay with the Mets or he's well, opting out obviously to get more money? That's the $200 million question, Tommy, and thank you for the call. He's opting out to get more money. That's a fact. He was only going to make, I think, uh, $60 million potentially. I forget what the exact number was, $62 million or whatever for the two years that he could have opted in for. So he's going to opt out. He's going to get significantly more than that. But I do not believe, and it shouldn't, there's, there's so much speculation with DeGrom. Oh, he doesn't want to be here, and then there's reasons why. And I do think he's unhappy with his contract, which now he opted out of. He opted out of, so he has a chance to go wherever the hell he wants for whatever the most money is, whoever somebody will give him. But I, I'm not sure that it's just about the most money. I feel like the Mets are more open. If this is just the feeling that I'm getting from the reporting. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I talked to Andy Martino, who is live in the, or was uh, during the show yesterday on SNY Baseball Night New York at 6 o'clock. Andy Martino was live from Las Vegas. 
And he was talking, and I tweeted the the link out to the Degrom stuff. I believe I think that's what I tweeted out. Um, anyway, but he talked about the Mets and Degrom needing to clean up their communication issues, where maybe they've had issues over the years as far as lack of communication, and they're trying to repair that. And I believe the Mets are interested in bringing Degrom back, as you would hope that they would be. They are prepared to make him a significant offer, but they are unsure at the moment where DeGrom is at. Does he want to return? Does he want no part of New York? Is he looking for the most money? Is he using the Mets to drive up the price? That's where we stand right now. They are unsure of what DeGrom wants. So I'm assuming they're waiting to hear from him and his camp on what his preference is. I would venture to say, based off of all the stuff that I heard for years about DeGrom, not liking it here, not wanting to be here. If I, and now again, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just using a little common sense and stuff that I've heard, you know, behind the scenes for years. From many people, like multiple people. I'm going to say that, and then I couple that with Andy's latest report today saying that DeGrom has still not let the Mets know where he's at, what he's thinking. I'm going to say that I don't think DeGrom wants to be back. I'm just getting that feeling. I had that feeling for a while, but thought maybe if the Mets paying the most money and yeah, he wants he could be here and be a Met for life. I'm gonna say that I get the feeling DeGrom wants out. And the only way that he might return is if no one else can come close to what the Mets would be willing to offer. And by the way, I guarantee you that the Mets are going to before they just go out there and offer whatever it is they feel DeGrom is worth it, they will want assurance that he wants to be here. They're not just going to go pay him without having a strong feeling that the player actually wants to be here and that it's not just a money grab. I would be, I, if I had a bet right now, gun ahead, Mike, gun ahead. If I had a gun in my head right now, I would bet DeGrom signs elsewhere. Now, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Just my gut feeling. Jimmy calling from Jersey City. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, man, so how was your weekend? Um, not bad. I mean, it always goes okay. too quick. How about you? Very good. Hey, I think the Dolphins and the Jets got away with interference calls at the end of their game yesterday. Uh, I did not see the last play with the Miami game. I had that game. Oh, theirs was a little more blatant than uh, the Jet guy. The oh, Jet you, guy, you know just, what? Now that you mention it, my buddy uh, TV Vin, as a matter of fact, who's a diehard Dolphins fan, actually texted and said, I usually would never say this, but Miami got lucky and got away with one with the refs. <laughs> we did. We don't know if they would have won or not, the Chicago, but it was a good game. Hey, Sal, in the beginning of the year, everybody had the AFC, what, West winning, having the best uh, division of football? I think you have to most get that people... to the NFC East and the AFC East right now. Even though well, the NFC East got three teams that are good. Yeah, I still think it's the AFC East. 
because yeah. of you're talking about New England's in last place at five yeah. and four, and I think all four of the AFC East teams are better than at least two of the NFC East teams. All due respect to the Giants, I do not think the Giants. I think the Giants are maybe better coached than let's say the Jets or potentially Miami, but Miami's done a nice job. McDaniel's done a nice job with Miami, and Salah is doing a nice job with the Jets. I, I think right now, the let's go by talented rosters, and you're factoring in Belichick, I think that every team in the AFC East is better than the Giants and the Commanders. So let me ask you a question. At the end of the year, the Giants finish, just say the Giants and the Dolphins finish 11-6 and six or 12-5. and five. Who are you giving coach of the year to? Um, I mean, I don't think Dable has as much, nearly as much talent as McDaniel has, but I mean, I need to see how it finishes out here. And if they both finish with the same record, you know, remember two giants had a softer schedule, but they have far less talent. I think if the giants get it turned around to where they won 11 games, they Dable's going to get coach of the year because the Dolphins at least had talent and were expected to be a good team. And for me, a lot of times these awards, Jimmy, go based on exceeding expectations to where there were zero expectations for the Giants. And and, and I'm putting that in there if if the Dolphins win the win their division. Well, I mean, if they win their division, that and they, they had the toughest people... schedule in the league. Yeah, now let me ask you something. Do you really care yep. about uh, Coach of the Year award? Do I? Uh, not really. I'm just through that. Yeah, me, me let, me hear, let me let me say something to you. You, I know how much now. I know you turned around the light too. Now you know he's got the best numbers in, in football and passing. He's only a couple of touchdowns behind uh, Mahomes for the all around touchdown interception uh, differential. He leads the league. Him and Mahomes almost tied. He has all the other better numbers in passive rating, completion percentage, yards per throw, and all that. Now, how do you feel about Tua as he keeps moving on, Sal? I mean, I think he could be in the conversation for MVP. It's where, it's where I thought you were going. Yeah, I well, think you know, I think him and Hill, Tyreek Hill, will well, be in, in, in that voting also. Well, I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, usually the quarterback would get the would would get the preference there. Thank you for the call, Jimmy. Appreciate you checking in. Uh, I mean, if Josh Allen. Let's say he gets hurt, and I, I still think they're going to expect him to play this week. Uh, you know, we're checking out his UCL after that uh, awkward, you know, where the 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 release, his arm got held back by the Jet defender. I forget who it was, slapped the ball there and hurt his UCL. And you could see him grab his elbow right away. They were making a big deal about it on the post game. Phil Sims was talking about it on CBS. Anyway, if Allen goes out or Allen underperforms, and Tua keeps up this pace, uh, I think you could make a legitimate case that he's the most valuable player, especially that we saw what Miami was without Tua. And I haven't looked at the numbers, but I just know their offense has been nearly unstoppable. Miami, talking about Miami. Their defense not very good, but their offense has been nearly unstoppable. See, and that's their problem. They're going to be the team that can get into a shootout with Kansas City, with Buffalo. The difference maker is a team like the Jets because they have that defense. I'm not saying the Jets are going to the Super Bowl or would beat any of those teams, but when you have a defense like that, that's a difference maker. That that can be the X factor. Defense 
wins. You saw it with Buffalo. Jets can't win that game via a shootout, but you don't want to get into a shootout with the Bills. You want to be able to go at them in a different way. Ball control, defense. And that's what the Jets did. And they did it almost to perfection. They basically played a near-perfect game to get that win. I'm really looking forward to, I mean, obviously this week 11 after the bye against New England. I think that's another game where the Jets need to prove themselves on the road in New England and just beat the Patriots for once. You know, that check that box. Marquee win, check. Good record through the first nine games, check. Defense, check. Run the football, check. Head coach, quarterback improving, check. Regardless of what many people say. Beat the Patriots. That still needs to be checked off. And then obviously they need to finish the season strong, but the matchup that I'm looking forward to most, another division matchup at Miami because I want to see this Jets defense take on Tua and that Dolphins offense. The last meeting between these two was not that, where Bridgewater gets knocked out, they had to go with their third-string quarterback, and the Jets mauled him. I'd rather see, I want to see how they do against the best. And Tua right now, one of the best, and I do think legitimately he should be in the MVP conversation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. of Superbook. When it comes to sports, it's all happening right now. Football, basketball, hockey, and soon enough, the World Cup. And there's no better place to wager on all of it than Superbook Sports. When you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day, Superbook will give you a bonus up to $1,000. When the sports world is busy, it's time to get busy winning some money. So download the Superbook Sports app or visit Superbook.com to wager and win today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Steve is calling from Long Island. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Sal. As always, enjoy your show. And uh, I basically agree with your analysis uh, of uh, the Jets and uh, the Giants and uh, just enjoying the fact that uh, we have meaningful games in November. It's been a long time since uh, 
both set us off franchises had meaningful games in November. But uh, it's exciting, but, right? Isn't it yeah. exciting, Steve? Think about yeah, it. Yeah. Think about the. I know I could sit down now and look ahead to Wild Card Weekend and expect that we are going to have games. Now, look, maybe it's better than that, but you know, as far as getting a divisional round, whatever. But I could expect that we will have games with the Jets and the Giants Wild Card Weekend, January fourteenth through sixteenth. Well, I wouldn't get expect. Uh, I didn't use the word expect. I wouldn't expect because the Jets have disappointed me. I'm more of a Jets fan than a Giants fan. But uh, over the nearly six decades, and it is six decades that I've followed the Jets, they've disappointed me uh, on more than one occasion. So uh, I'm cautious. I mean, again, I'm enjoying the fact that November has meaningful games. And if uh, they make the playoffs, then that's uh, next year. A bonus, but uh... well, they don't at this point, and I know what you're saying. And it's not just the Jets. All oh, they say, well, Jets, they always disappoint me. Look, anything could happen. We've only played nine games so far, so you got eight games to go here over the course of the next nine weeks, and we'll see how everything plays out. But right now, if you were to tell me the Jets are not going to be in at the very least a wild card spot. I mean, I think that's an extreme disappointment. Let me just, I mean, you get the Chargers in there. The Colts are dead as they fire Frank Reich. See you, Frank. Ursay's next, you clown. I wish they could fire him, the owner. Oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. No, you don't. And by the way, they named Jeff Saturday the head coach. Yeah, okay. You'd be better off naming Matt Ryan the head coach, you morons. And you're looking for a guy to call plays? Let Matty Ice call the plays. I mean, my goodness, he's got more experience than anybody else there. Please, he'd be their better. He'd be a better choice. Anyway. Colts are dead. So you basically have, out of the South and the North, Steve, and I'll let you get to your point and, and whatever it is you want to talk about, but let me just finish this one here. You got the Chargers are really the only team out of those two divisions that are going to be competing for a wild card, assuming the Titans and Chiefs win the division. And then you're looking at the Bengals. I mean, I guess the Browns could get in, but really it's just any team from the AFC East that the Jets are going to have to compete with within Miami and New England. I, I hear you, but... Uh... Obviously, uh, not to mix sports, but about 50% of into the uh, Major League Baseball season, everyone's saying the Mets are a lock for the division, and they're dip- disappointed. So these are teams mm-hmm. that generally... Well, they're not a lock, but it, it would be very disappointing if the Jets at this point, off to a 6-3 and three start, did not find themselves in the postseason. They, they should, based on their performance through the first nine games. They should be a playoff team. Right, but anything could happen, right. But, but with, and especially with them, given their history. Well, and they do have a tough schedule. I mean, coming out of the bye at New England, the Bears game all of a sudden with the way Justin Fields is playing is not an easy game. At Minnesota, 7-1. and one, You know, at Buffalo, near impossible game. And then it softens up a little bit at the end, but uh, before obviously closing in Miami, which won't be easy. And even in Seattle. You know, Jets have, they have a tough road ahead here. They got to go at least 2-2, two and two, I think, over these next four. Hope then to get two more wins from Detroit and Jacksonville and then maybe split the final two, and that's your path to the playoffs. I, I hear you. I agree with you. But the, the reason I'm calling tonight is I, I called you last week to discuss the Kyrie Irving situation, and I want to uh, follow up uh, this evening. I don't know if you saw your producer wasn't didn't seem to be aware of it, and he's uh, uh, very knowledgeable with what's going on in the sports world, but the uh, NBA Players Association apparently has come out with a statement that they have difficulty with the terms that the Nets, uh, Nets are reputed to have given Kyrie for him to return to the team. And the overarching statement was that they don't believe that Kyrie Irving is an anti-Semite. So the question I have for you is, do you think that this is going to become 
a legendary battle royale, you know, in the likes of a Kurt Flood suing Major League Baseball. Is this going to be an issue that is going to go down in the history books that law schools are going to study because it's going to be, you know, an all-time struggle between players and the league over the status of a player? Or do you feel that somehow, some way, all the sides are going to come together ultimately for the good of the sports and uh, reach an agreement, whether it be that Kyrie becomes a free agent and stable? I don't think, I don't think, Steve, and thank you for the call, I don't think you're going to get to that level where it's going to be some groundbreaking thing between the Players Association and organizations and set the... um, you know, set up the future with this particular example. I mean, Kyrie Irving said and did things that were ridiculously stupid, and it's about time the Nets held him accountable. And they can lay the groundwork and say he's not fit, as they said initially after his press conference when he went nuts. His, you know, didn't apologize and didn't clearly say he was not anti-Semitic. They laid the groundwork saying, prior to that, they said he's unfit to be a part of this organization. Then they laid the groundwork saying, this is what he needs to become fit to come back to the organization. Now, you're telling me the Players Association is going to dispute that and say he doesn't have to do all this? I mean, then they're getting into defending somebody who was out there promoting something that was anti-Semitic and hateful. So I'm not sure how they have a leg to stand on in this particular case. And if a team deems a player unfit to return, that should be up to the team. Now, if the Players Association makes a big enough stink about it and they somehow win, then if I'm the Nets, I'd just say, okay, fine, goodbye, we're cutting him. And figure out a way to you know recoup the money or whatever. I don't know how that would work legally where if you can essentially terminate him for conduct detrimental to the team. Maybe there's a way out of it, but I would just look to move on and let him become, let Kyrie become somebody else's problem. But no, I don't think this is going to be some groundbreaking case. I think this is an isolated incident with Kyrie Irving. It's Well, I guess with Kyrie, nothing's an isolated incident, but in this particular case, for what he is, you know, what he's done wrong here, this is just one incident where he... I don't even I don't even know if I would term it made a mistake because it, I don't believe he believes it was a mistake. People make mistakes all the time. Kyrie Irving is too smart to not know what he was doing to a certain extent, and then to basically double down and not apologize on top of that until that Instagram apology came out after he was already suspended and lost money. The problem is the Nets are trying to get Kyrie Irving to change, and I don't believe he wants to. I believe he wants to get paid. I believe he wants to play basketball, but I don't believe he wants to change his beliefs and feelings to do so. Chris is calling from Shrub Oak, New York. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, bud? How are you, Chris? I'm doing good. I just wanted to hit on what the Jet game. I was talking to Fleegs about it, but when Jimmy from Jersey City called talking about that last play of the game with the judge should have, should have been a penalty. If you, I rewatched it. That receiver was trying to push off. He was actually trying to push off a soft. So if they would have threw a flag, and by the way, the game should have been over before that because they should have called the hit to the helmet and the game would have been over. 
when he hit Zach Wilson in the head, they had no timeouts. The game would, should have been over then. Yeah, I don't think you you should, as a Jets fan, feel bad about getting away with the call or whatever. I don't, there's no way. I mean, if they would have called a flag on that play, if they would have thrown a flag and called a penalty, we would have been talking about it still uh, probably all week and flipping right. out that the Jets got screwed. You can't do that. that that's not, you're ruining, and it's not just because it's the Jets. You would have ruined an right. entire game based on one call. You cannot, they, they, they have to do something to where that can't even be a possibility that you can call a penalty like that that would all of a sudden put them in field goal range and ruin the game. So I, I give the referees credit for letting them play. Was there contact? Absolutely. There should be contact on a big play right, like that right. going down the field. You're not doing your job as a corner if there's not contact. There's a big difference, though, between pass interference and, and what that was. And I don't think that that was pass interference. And you know the another one of the plays that you don't really that Wilson that last play when they before they kicked the field goal, you know last year he might have tried to make a play and threw a pick in the end zone. The best thing he did was sit down and take the sack. Right, and I love the you know fact I mean? though that the Jets. I love the fact that the Jets a couple of times let him, you know, try to throw the football, let the, put the ball in his hands. In a key spot right. because the one before that, at the third down completion to Denzel Mims, and Ian said it too, and I was thinking right along with him on the broadcast, as I'm sure many of us were watching. I'm saying, okay, well, not only now we're going to find out what the Jets are going to do in this game, but we're going to find out two things. If A, the Jets believe in Zach Wilson, and B, if Zach Wilson can make a big play, and we saw both, and they did believe in him and let him throw the football, and he did make the big play. Yeah, and, you know, when that game ended, I looked at my buddies and I said, this just shows you how good of a coach Belichick is. Because what did he do to them last week? He shut their running game down and dared Wilson to beat them. And look what happened. He threw three picks. So, you know, they got to be ready next week. You know, I think Belichick's going to take uh, Garrett Wilson out of the game. And, you know, hopefully maybe, maybe uh, Elijah Moore will be the hero next week. Well, they can't take everybody out of the game, and that's a good call, Chris. Thank you very much for the call. We appreciate it. It'd be nice to see Elijah Moore, who's got great skill. Damn, what is going on? What is up with him? Get him the football. Enough already. Get him the football. He's got great skill. He can be another guy that can wreck a game. Now, Belichick's not going to be able to take away the run game and Garrett Wilson. At least I wouldn't think so. And eventually, Zach Wilson's going to have to get to a point where he can win a game through the air. And I think he could do that. But obviously, he's got to go out there and prove it. Me thinking it is different than him proving it on a consistent basis. The Jets won that football game with a variety of things. They played, aside from the opening kick, they played solid special teams, no mistakes, converted the fourth down. You know, fake punt, made their field goals. Solid special teams. They played excellent defense, got a good pass rush, linebackers flying all over the place, tackling, corners were excellent. Two picks on Josh Allen, should have been more, three or four. But the corners were excellent. And, of course, they ran the football down the Bills' throat. I love that. Nothing establishes more dominance on the football field than just handing that baby off and pounding it right at him. Oh, I love it. Love it. 
Don't even, why even throw the football? I would never throw the football until you have to, ever. If you're running it at him and gashing him and moving the chains, why throw the football? Throw it when they stop you. I love it. Line it up and just, you rip their soul out when you keep running it at them like that. Line up, smash it down their throats. That's what the Jets did. Without their best running back, by the way. And then the Wilson-to-Wilson combination. And even, you know, Wilson-to-Mams in a key spot. Zach Wilson played a solid game. Dropping the arm angle, zinging the football, making some plays with his legs. Garrett Wilson's a stud. The Jets have the formula here. They have potential. It's not, oh, they're significantly lacking here. Now, look, it would help to have Vera Tucker. It would help to have Brees Hall back. I get that. What's lacking for the Jets, essentially, is experience and consistency. They're going to have to prove that they could be consistent. And the experience that Zach Wilson will gain each week, you'd hope, will make him better. And then when he becomes better, they're going to become a very dangerous football team because we already know they can play defense. We already know they can run the football. Once we know, and it's coming, it may not be you know, this year. And look, it might be, but it's coming eventually, whether it's this year or next year. Once Zach Wilson takes that next step and starts becoming a powerful weapon for this team, beating teams through the air, that's when you know the Jets are going to be a legitimate contender. And I really feel like it's happening. It might happen over the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll find out. Let's see what happens in New England after the bye. Sometimes it's good to talk about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Fun little week ahead here. You got a couple of rivalry games. Tonight, Rangers and the Islanders. At the Garden, Rangers not uh, playing some great hockey as of late, losing last time out in OT to Detroit Islanders. And Ilya Sorokin have uh, been playing well to start the year. Oh, both teams close. Islanders right now 8-5, and five, 16 points. Rangers 6-4 and four, and 3. They have 15 points, so they will meet for the second time this year. Rangers looking for some payback. It's crazy that they only play three times this year, all of them before Christmas. So this will be the... Second meeting between the two, first at the Garden, and then they will finish up their season series Thursday, December 22nd at the Garden as well. And then Wednesday night, you have, yeah, today's Tuesday, so Wednesday night, you have the Knicks and Nets going at it at Barclays. So we have another rivalry game there, and that'll be one. Knicks coming off a win, Nets coming off of the mess that they are uh, losing in Dallas. Who knows who's going to be the head coach by then? Either way, something to keep an eye on for the next couple of days. Some quality games to react to with the Rangers and Islanders and then Nets and Knicks. 877-337-6666. Jim is in Morris Plains. What's up, Jim? 
Sally, baby, how are we doing this morning? What's up, Jimmy? How are you? Not bad, not bad. Uh, so I think Jets win, obviously. Yeah, I think um, looking forward to the, for the rest of the season. You know, I think Wilson is still still too a little bit inaccurate for me. Um, hopefully he could prove me wrong, but I just think he's holding them back a little bit offensively. You know, they have a great running game. You know, the offensive line is playing well. I just think he's just too inaccurate right now. He makes too many mistakes. Um, but if he if he can he can improve. I mean, he's got the talent, the arm talent. Everybody can see that. He's just gotta make better decisions. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. I mean, he made good decisions. This week in the win against Buffalo, so he was bad against New England. It happens. He didn't compound yeah. the problem by having a second bad game when he easily could have against that Bills team. Look, I mean, were you going to get on him for the fumble? It happens. He's, is he perfect? No. Yeah, remember, course, yeah. he's in his second year. And what, we're going to get on him for the high throw to Denzel Mims, which, by the way, Mims could have caught that ball too. So I know it was a high throw, but a good receiver might come down with that football. So I'm not going to nitpick yeah. every single throw that he makes. You, What you want is the decisions. You want those to be sound from Zach Wilson. And I felt like they were sound Sunday in the win yeah. over Buffalo, and they had to be because they weren't beating the Bills if not. I know. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I still think even from last year, from after the injury, he played a little better down the stretch. But I still think he's still a little inaccurate for me. And then uh, we should go to the uh, the Portly Village and meet you, Geo, for that. Uh, I know he's a big Vikings guy. We should go for the Vikings Jets on, I think it's the December uh, 4th. We should watch it over at the Portly over there. You know, that is not a bad idea. Um, now, I don't know if I'm going to go watch it with you, Jim, of course. Um, but that is not a bad idea. You had the time of your life. <laughs> no, I'm just, what are you doing in Morris Plains? You're going to go all the way to Portly Villager? Yeah, my, uh, well, it's my fit. My, uh, my mom's over there, and my, my parents are over there in Bohemia, so. Ah, uh, uh, okay, yeah. right. No, I got you. Right, so you're living in Morris Plains now. I was going to say it's a long way from there. That is week 13, Sunday, December 4th. Uh, it is a possibility. I have something, I think, that night. I mean, you know what I'm going to see? Andrew Dice Clay that night, I believe. Um, but either way, yeah, I do got to get together with Geo, Jim, and thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. Um, we have not – we did that football Sunday last year, Jets Saints, and you know, went to the Portly Villager and, and had a few drinks. Um but my schedule was different last year. I was doing the middays during December, so I didn't have to be at work on the overnight in a Monday morning, which enabled me to go out there and, and you know, let loose kind of on that Sunday. Anyway, possibility. I mean, I don't know if Geo's going to be want to having want to have a watch party for the Jets and Vikings. I'm sure that one he might want to be, you know, home alone watching that one. But not a bad thought. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Val is in the Bronx. What's up, Val? Sal, my man. Sal, how you doing? I ain't talked to you in a long time. Sal, what's going on? You recovered from the Yankees ending yet? Man, the Yankees ending is what got me in trouble the last time when I was talking to Chris because I had a just point and I never got to make it. Mm. And I okay, well, just like a email. genius. I know I haven't heard from you in a while. That's why I was just wanting to make sure you're okay after the Yankees. But you could get to your Jets point. Yeah. Nah, you know, the Yankees had me down. And, I, you know, I'm not even so much down because I told you already what's going to happen. And so far, everything that I've been saying is looking like it's going to happen. I already told you how I feel about that. And I told you Cashman was coming back. Told you Boone was coming back. 
I told you already what my projection is for what the team is going to look like as far as on the field and how I think it's going to happen. It's about a, a matter of time now. The World Series is over. We're about to move into that whole hot stove, all of that. It's only a matter mm-hmm. of time before the way I saw the team is the way it's going to look. I don't even want to get into that right now because I call about the Jets. Today's a Jets okay. day. And okay. maybe even a little bit of a Knicks day, too, because I heard we beat the Timberwolves, right? I haven't gotten home to see the Encore yet. Yeah. But I heard we beat they the, shot a lot the, of threes the and hit a lot of threes. That was uh, – you don't really even need to watch. But, yeah, that was basically it. No, nah, I want to see how it happened because that Celtics game hurt my heart. But I want to see how that happened. But anyway, if the Knicks, point. Val, if the Knicks are hurting your heart, oh, man, you poor thing. You can't let the Knicks hurt you at this point. They've been doing poorly for 20 years. Yeah, but now nah, I feel like we on the I, we are slowly coming back to what we need to be. We had the flash a couple of years ago, then we dropped back down to reality. And I think now, like you know, with some of those, especially what hurt me as far as hurting my heart though was Mitchell going down. Because mm. I, I like the, the 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 energy that he brings defensively, and I feel like even the the way that they lost to the Celtics, everybody's saying that they, they it was um, a bunch of threes that beat them. And I watched the game, but. When Mitchell is not there, it changes everything that they do defensively. And so even though it might come out as something that doesn't come out from what you expect because he's not there, because it wasn't like they beat them in the paint, it's still a result of everybody like just shifting and doing different things because he's not there. And I felt right. that, and I don't know when he's coming back. It's going to be a minute before he's back again. And that, that's what hurts my heart. Because I was finally starting to see him do some things that I was hoping he would be doing for a while now. He was even doing little offensive things where you weren't expecting it. Nothing major. But at least the little things that he should be able to do, you know, to keep the, the defense honest. But you see, you get me away from what I wanted to talk about. I want to talk Jets. Go ahead. I got a couple points for you, Jets. Why? Can I say what I got to say, Jets? Yes, go ahead. So, first point. Finally, we got a marquee win. Because everybody's been kind of like sitting down, like watching everything, and it's like, oh, we're getting wins. The record is looking nice. Uh, but it's like, yeah, how we doing this? People don't even know. You know, we beat. Right, backup uh, quarterbacks. Right. They're only beating backup quarterbacks. Yeah. down swing now. Cleveland, we stole it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say, and everything was kind of like, and that's why people was visiting. It was like, and then we went and lost to the Pats. And this one was a marquee against, a, and they had their, their, their starter in there. They had their, uh, Diggs was there, even Davis. Well, Gabe Davis mm-hmm. was there. They had their guys. And we still did it. But now here's the thing. This is the second point, all right? And this is why, like, you just brought up that Yankee stuff. And I got, because I, I had a, I had spoken to Chris, uh, to Brother Mac on uh, Friday into the Saturday morning. And I told him I had two points. One was Yankees and one was Jets. And we got into the Yankees conversation and ran long. And he had to drop me, so I never got to say what I wanted to say, Jets. I wasn't going to come on and, and, and try to – I'm not even going to lie and say that I was – you know, like I was going to say, oh, we was going to win this game and, you know, blow people out the water and the next thing you know they came and won it. But what I was going to say, and this is important, after what happened with the Patriots, okay, I was, I was really interested to see what happened in this game, and I'm going to tell you why. The Pats game, I feel like, like all of us, the fans, the coaches – and, like, everybody was putting it on Wilson. And he had a bad game. The, the, those interceptions, you, you can't defend that in no way, shape, or form. But all week, everybody was saying this was our time to beat the Pats. The fans got caught up in it. The coaches got caught up in it. And Zach got caught up in it. And on top of that, when Hall went down, 
That's why, because they would, a lot of what was happening with the offense was, Hall was, run, was running, like, beautiful. But yeah. And the, the, the fans the got caught up in it, no make, question. And then there was an overreaction to the result. That was the issue. There was an but, overreaction but, but, to the result. But, but no, no, no. I'm not even going there because I understand what I'm about to say right now. You know, LaFleur was calling up some beautiful run plays, and he had all kinds of misdirection going when Hall was there. You know, Hall went down, and we pivoted real quick and got Robinson. But right after that, we're playing the patch. Robinson has not, he's just now got the playbook dropped in his lap. Mm-hmm. As much as no, we I got Val, I got it. We don't need to rehash the whole thing. We do. Right. I, no, so, I got it. We don't so, need so to rehash the whole I'm thing. Saying. The game humbled everybody, coaches, Zach, and us. And that's why, if you notice, it was a more measured attack in the way they went about things this week. It was like Zach saw Mac Jones on the other side. That's the same kid that came in in his class. We all got caught up in it. The coaches got caught up in it. Salah thought he had a chance to actually make Belichick look stupid. And that's why everybody went away from what we were doing before that. That's why they started trying to throw, and they put it the, the 40 times they put the ball in Zach's hand and said, Zach, let's see what you can do against Mac. And he embraced that because he wanted to fight that. But it, it, it kind of humbled everybody. I know I sound kind of crazy saying that. But no, you don't sound crazy. I do think – uh, no, I, I do think that I do think it, I gotta let you go, Val. You just, we're running on here, and I gotta get to the update. Uh, I don't think that you sound crazy for what you're saying. Uh, I don't think that you needed to go into the extreme detail to just say that they were humbled. L- let's simplify here. This is how we do it in radio. If you don't need to fill, and you need to get to the update or TV. If you need to be quick, they were humbled after the loss to the Patriots. That that's it. You don't have to go in the whole detail. We know that Brees Hall was was not there. We know that things got changed up. They were humbled in the loss. Fans as well. They were getting ahead of themselves. However, after the overreaction to that loss, Jet fans went from thinking this is going to be the greatest day ever, a party, we're going to beat the Patriots on our way to a playoff spot. Finally, we're going to have revenge on Bill Belichick. Then they lose the game. Then it's, I hate Zach Wilson. He's got to go. They did it to us again. They get the hopes up. Now we're going to get destroyed. It's even worse because we got the Bills loss. You know, The Bills are going to beat the Jets coming up. And obviously that did not happen. And that is, you know, that's something that you got to understand where you you can't overreact. And I know why we do it. I mean, I do it too. But level head. If you believe the Jets were good enough going into the New England game, there's still that same team coming out even though they had a poor game. And they definitely were humbled. And they went out there and played the best game of their season against the Bills, which they had to to have a chance to win. And they did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.